I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio. This is Up on Game. Caught by Hushmanzada for the touchdown. You want NFL experience? Manning lobs it. Burris alone. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. LeVar Arrington. Then this is the show for you with LeVar Arrington. F Tom Brady. You know what? I take it back. T.J. Hushmanzada. They lose first round? Mike McCarthy's out of there. And Plaxico Burris. Tom Brady's no longer there. It's turned into a dictatorship up there in New England. Three of the best to ever do it on and off the field. Live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. Here's Pro Bowlers LeVar Arrington, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion Plaxico Burris. Are you trying to go hunt now? All right, we're in hour two, everybody. This is Up One Game. TJ Hushmanzada, Plexico Burst, LeVar Arrington. You can check us out on the Twitter at Plexico Burst, Fox Sports Radio, Hush84, and LeVar Arrington. All right, listen, if you missed anything in hour one, that's okay. You can go back, search Up On Game, wherever it is that you get your podcast, and bam, there it is. Hour one will be up there for you. You can also search Up On Game Presents for extended content that we create. It's culture-driven. You'd like it, so go check it out. All right, we got a lot to get to. We'll we'll talk uh, basketball, obviously. Uh, Ken Boston force a game seven. Um, that'll be tonight. We'll we'll talk about LeBron um, mentioning possibly retiring. Uh, we'll touch on those things. All right, and but first. I got to say, it's interesting because in bringing up LeBron James, there was a war of words that took place a few days ago, and it included the Hall of Fame, great and and, and big time uh, media personality, Shannon Sharp, and <laughs> what we'll say, the former first number all uh, first number one overall draft pick in the NBA uh, at one point, uh, Kwame Brown, who has had some very, very interesting takes that has 
thrusted him into a viral sensation of of takes on on certain situations. They had a war of words, guys, and here's what Shannon Sharp had to say that got uh, Kwame Brown uh, in a lather, we'll say. Kwame, of all the people, he should never, ever question anybody's greatness. Because this is what we know. If there's a Mount Rushmore for bust mm-hmm. in the NBA history, whether he's the first head, the second head, the third, or the fourth, he's on Mount Rushmore of bust NBA players. There's no question. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to question the guy that's, whether you say he's first, second, he's top five of the greatest players to ever play. All right. Uh, that was Shannon Sharp uh, going after Kwame Brown. Well, Kwame didn't take too well to what he had to say. And here was, uh, and and prepare for a couple beats, uh, bleeps. Uh, we know this is a family uh, family show. So, you know, just put it in context and, and just tell your son or, or daughter, your child that, you know, well, uh, this young man was a little upset. Here's Kwame Brown's response. Go find you a wife, big tongue dummy. <laughs> what you do in your spare time when you're not on first take? I fight over LeBron. Anybody who talk about LeBron, I fight over LeBron. I'm on Twitter with it. I'm on the side of the court with it. That's what I do. That's a hobby of mine. I fight over LeBron. Sweet, sensitive ass. There was a whole lot more to it, but we we we. I, had, I did not hear that. That's the first time PG I heard thirteen. That. I'm I'm assuming. Oh I'm my assuming. gosh! That hey, let me tell hilarious. you something. <laughs> I can't get over thick thick tongue dummy and, and the way he said it. I, I mean, it, it, it's, it it got a little personal. It, it's it's now gone beyond the realm oh, of of sports. God. But just give me y'all. You know what's y'all's take on on you know when these things uh, happen. What things? What, I mean, what are well, we talking about? Well, we all know that Shannon Sharp, Shannon Sharp is going to defend LeBron James at all costs. We understand that he's a super fan of LeBron James and everything that he does. Shannon Sharp is going to be there to have his back. But I'm thinking that this is the first time I heard I heard that that that, that, that bickering between the two. Um, I'm kind of thinking that it has to go back to the game four. I remember this vividly uh, the other day. LeBron James has the ball at the top of the key, and Jokic is guarding him with like 33 seconds on the clock, I believe. And LeBron, he has to take that shot. And that's one of the things that that, uh, that has uh, you know been with LeBron throughout his career is that listen he's the greatest scorer of all time in this game we know that one of the top five greatest players to ever play but he has to take that shot to 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 maybe get a rebound offensive rebound or and maybe even take make the three and they go up one with 36 34 seconds left in the game but LeBron is always going to make the right basketball play I thought that he needed to be a little bit more selfish in that moment. 
uh, you know, being in the spot that they were in, down 3-0, the season's on the line, and he passes the ball away. And I think that kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Like, yo, man, what are you doing? You're the greatest uh, scorer in this game. No, you take that shot in that instance to help, help maybe make the shot go up one, or maybe somebody can get an offensive rebound and you tie the score up. And that's one of the things that I remember. So I would assume that those two guys are going back and forth about th- that play or whatever may be happen. But and we're talking about that was the play. Sh- yeah, Shannon Sharp and uh, and Kwame. Listen, everybody knows the guy's a bust, but he doesn't have to attack him in that in that fashion on national television. I mean, come on, man. The, the, the man has a voice. He he can have an opinion on what you know he thought the play should have been made. I mean, he was the number one overall pick too, and his career didn't pan out as well as everybody thought it was. So, with, with that being said. Listen, Kwame has a voice, but man, dude, <laughs> what I just heard—that was the first time I heard that. It's really, it really, it, it, it really was. Okay. Now, um, I'm with Plax on that. It's first time I heard it. We know Shannon Sharp is a huge LeBron James fan. Like Black said, he gonna defend him to the end. You would is think it, they is were it too much? I mean, uh, like some of the things that Kwame said, it is. there's some, it's, it's, there's some validation to it. He fan, you're, if you're a media personality but of that's the caliber, okay. but that's who he is. To me, if if you show me who you are, that that's fine. I have no problem with that. Just like Skip's but a, a, a Cowboys guy. Maybe you, know what you I mean? guys are gonna disagree with what I'm about to say about Uh-oh. this. Uh oh. I don't know anybody that plays 12 years that's a bust. Kwame Brown wasn't a bust. I, I'm with you there. He's not a bust. I'm with you he there. He played 12 years in the NBA. When you're a bust is when you play two or three years and you gone. That's like a, a bust. Marcus Russell. That's a bust. This dude played 12 years in Craig the NBA. Craig Oden. Now. Craig Oden. That's a bust. He didn't have the type of career that, that was expected of pick. him because right. he was the number one pick. Right. But to call him a bust, he is not that. He just didn't have the type of career a number one pick is expected to have. So I just wanted to put that out there. At least in my eyes, Kwame Brown ain't a bust. You don't play 12 years as a professional and you're a bust. He just wasn't the type of player many expected him to be. The the, the beef is Kwame doesn't like the way that Shannon Sharp defends LeBron. I don't have a problem with what Shannon Sharp does either because he has shown us that he's a huge fan of LeBron, and yes, he will defend him. But I've also seen him criticize LeBron to a certain degree. He needs to be better. He needs to do this better, that, Come so on, forth and TJ. so on. Come we, on, You haven't seen that? When I mean, LeBron I mean, didn't have a good yeah, game? But, he, he, I mean, but I mean, for all those times that he may do that, like, it is so understood so, that he right. – like, Of course. We, all, mean, we Like, we, like we, Kwame we, said, Kwame said that man was ready to fight John Morant's <laughs> dad and the entire – Oh, he said that? And he said entire, that? Yes. He said, man, you're talking about a dude that was ready to fight John Morant. He said John Morant carrying a gun. Not because he just carried a gun. He carried it for Shannon Sharp's ass. <laughs> Oh, so see, I, again, I didn't. Oh, there was a lot more audio uh, to it, man. There see, was now you're going to have me more, gotta look this but up you and see the whole story was going on. In reference to Shannon Sharp, I don't recall him being this much of a super fan of LeBron James when he was in Cleveland and in Miami. He was not. It was or is he, or, is, or is he just a Laker fan, and now that LeBron is on the team, He's taking more of a liking to LeBron James because he's a Laker, a Laker fan. I don't remember him being this vocal about LeBron when he was in Miami. 
I don't, recall, I don't, I don't, but he wasn't on TV when he yeah, was Yeah, he Miami. wasn't around. And and by the way, <laughs> by the way, uh, Kwame brought that up, too, as to why he wasn't on TV. Apparently, oh. uh, he, he brought up the, the elevator setup uh, situation. With, and, uh, Kwame, I will say this. He said a lot of ignorant things in terms of the, the language that he used. But in terms of the he has content, some validity, you saying he put some he put a hey, hey, TJ, he put some homework in. I'll say that somebody okay. somebody was feeding him the information that he needed where he they they gave him some real some some silver bullets. And, and he put them bullets right. in, the, in the chamber and was letting them go is what I'll say. So, hey, so so you're telling me that Shannon Sharp was not on TV when LeBron James was playing for the Miami Heat. I don't believe maybe at CBS, but not in the debate format like he is now with Undisputed. No. I think he's been on there for quite some time. Nah, not when he, he was, was off. He, he was off for a while, though. Yeah, when and he it, got and it was based off of yes, he yeah he, he it was he based was off, off of a, a uh, an elevator. So he's basically situation. a lake a Laker fan turned LeBron super fan. Well, he's always been a LeBron is. fan, but but he took it to. You know, again, as as TJ said, he took it to the, the, the show that he's on now. He's become such a media sensation. Everyone listens and pays attention to what he's saying. And and now people are hearing it and realizing the extent of the type of fan <laughs> to he where, is. Uh, to where he's willing to go and to fight. defend LeBron. And, 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 I mean, over anything and everything. Over in it, I mean, right. he was ready to fight the whole Memphis Grizzlies team <laughs> and John Moran's daddy. Like, like, let's go, let's go, like, let's have it <laughs> over LeBron and some so, of those Yagas. I, I just, I just, I think I, I got to be hey, honest. Man, everybody if, if I'm, need a friend like Shannon Sharp. Man. Hey, everybody no doubt about it. Like no, Sharp. Hey, all I'm gonna say is. Mm-hmm. As media personalities, I have players that I'm fans of. Everybody knows I'm a Micah Parsons fan. Everybody knows that. But one thing I will never do is sacrifice the integrity of the job that I do. That's, <laughs> that's what we – I mean, that's what we're here for. I don't think get, you can. He's such a good player. It's almost impossible. And, well, and could it be the same thing with Shannon defensive LeBron? No, no, because it goes outside of the realm of, of balance and sensibility. That's that, that to me is where it goes. Like – it's just too much. It's too much. And that might be considered to be an opinion, but it's just too – once it gets to the point of where it's – it's he is it, – it's all about LeBron with Shannon. Right. And it's all <laughs> well, about hey. Dallas with the other one. Like, it's just hey, – it's just too LeBron much. James – will LeBron James defend Shannon Sharpley the way he defends him when they I mean, start asking defend- LeBron, who is the best tight end of all time? Who do you oh. think? Is he going to say Shannon Sharp? Oh, that that would be an interesting question. That would be an interesting question. I think I, Shannon I, Sharp is the greatest tight end of all time. Now, I, I will say Tony Gonzalez is is a dope tight end. I There's think when it's all said and Gator, done, that will be Travis Antonio. Kelsey, no question. Yeah, no I, I if, mean, ands, or buts about it. But but think about this though. When it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, and you look at what a Travis Kelsey's doing, you know who was the original doing those things of receiving tight end that could block, but, but didn't have to know, be a devastating Kelsey blocker. It was a so great much route runner than Shannon, man. Like Antonio Gates. So much Antonio so Gates should be in the conversation. Bro. Yeah, but Absolutely Shannon Sharp. Shannon Man, Sharp legit was six five, bro. Kelsey's Shannon big. Sharp is the the originator of the receiving tight end. Done. Like this, you could possibly throw Kellen Winslow Senior in there, and and that would be a great debate. 
But Shannon Sharp, to me, is the greatest receiving tight end. Outside of the most complete tight end, the most complete greatest tight end to me is Gronkowski. Hands down. He's, he's Gron- Gronkowski is the greatest all-around tight end to have ever played the game, to me. Now, wherever we all want to around. Play everybody, all, uh, around. Uh, all around, all around, all okay. around, all around. Now, receiving tight end, I'm going with Shannon. I'm going with Shannon. And, and that's what makes it hard to have these type of debates because Shannon Sharp is so legendary in what it is that he did. He shouldn't be that big of a fanboy of another of, – of, of another player in in our current leagues of of any there league. you go of any there league he's go. just he's too high a status to be that type of dude on on air where it's become that's his identity like who's going to identify <laughs> Shannon Sharp as a tight end or play a Super Bowl champ everybody identifies Shannon Sharp as a LeBron James fan I mean undisputed as super given fan him a platform to be so much more than I bet he ever imagined he could be when he became a part of that show. All right. Well, Speaking of Shannon. Yeah, right. We're going to keep it. I mean, he is the show. I mean, let's be clear. I mean, he he's the reason why the show works. Uh, can, can the Boston Celtics force a game seven? We're going to touch on that. This is up on game. Hope you're enjoying the show. We'll be right back in a second. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm gonna talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic, and then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, 
navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back in. Sup on gang. We're live from the Tyrac.com studio. That's right, TJ Hushman's out of Plexico Burst. I'm LeVar Arrington. In moments, we will discuss some more of LeBron James, but more focused on LeBron, LeBron James, James and his yeah his comments after uh, their their swept loss uh, to the Denver Nuggets. We'll we'll get into that in moments. Uh, but first, let's talk about and preview what's going on in this Eastern Conference Finals. It looked as though the Heat had knocked the fight clean, or as the OGs would say, smooth out of the Boston Celtics. Lo and behold, the Boston Celtics have shown a chin, have gotten up off of the canvas, took the eight count, and came out swinging. Now, they have forced a game six. It's in Boston. Some would say if Boston is able to win this game tonight, that it could ha- be the no, game it's, that it's decides. In Miami, right? It's in Miami. Is it in it's Miami? In, and in then Miami. the last game it's would in be Miami. in Boston. Right. Yes, yes. it's in Miami. My apologies. My apologies. So if they don't end it in Miami and it makes it back to Boston for game seven, <laughs> that this is this is the end of this is the end of the road for what looked like a heat kind of cruising um into the finals series. What 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 are you guys looking for for tonight? What do you think the keys are? Um, for for the teams to 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 win, your best players got to play like your best players. If I'm gonna just say this before I even keep going, I I like Boston to come back and win this series. Um, it's never been done, but it's the first time for everything. Tatum has been playing well. Robert Williams is getting more time on the court, which I believe has helped Boston. He wasn't playing early in the series. Grant Williams wasn't playing. He's playing a little more. Um, I, I just feel like Boston has a ton of confidence. And I know Jimmy Butler came out and said, oh, don't worry about it. We're going to go back to Miami. We're going to win the game. We're going to handle business. I, I don't know, man, if Boston will – obviously they haven't. They're not just letting Jimmy Butler single-handedly beat them. But when you look at it, you say, Jimmy Butler's getting a lot of guys that are – Caleb Barton is playing extremely well. Gabe Vincent – who I would expect to play tonight, has played extremely well. Duncan Robinson's played well. Max Struess has played well. So he's got a lot of guys that are playing well. But at the end of the day, I believe the Boston Celtics overall are a better team. <clears throat> I ex- mm-hmm. Once they won game four, I said, oh, they're going to come back and win this series. And I still believe that to be the case. I believe the Boston Celtics will win this um, for sure if Miami doesn't win tonight. Boston's winning game seven. But I like Boston to come back and uh, do something that's never been done before. Man, the Miami Heat are on the verge of 
basically just just like you said, TJ, accomplishing something that's never been done. Up 3-0 and lose this series. If the Miami Heat do not win this basketball game tonight, they're going to go to Boston and get beat by 20 for game seven. And it just looked like to me uh, the last game, game five, that the Miami Heat just didn't play with that energy and that passion that you need to close a series out. And I kind of thought that when, once they got down 15-20, they were basically saying, listen, we're looking forward to game six, beating these guys at home, and we are going to compete this series and wrap and, and, and finish this series up. But, man, every time that I count Jason Tatum out, that game, uh, I believe it was game three or game four that he had in Philly where he went like 0 for 10, 0 for 11, and he scored like 13 points in the fourth quarter. Every time I say that this young man is not ready to the, for the moment and he doesn't deliver, he steps up and delivers when his team needs him the most. And that's what makes him a superstar. And the first three games, Jalen Brown just wasn't putting the ball in the basket. He wasn't performing to his ability. And in the last game, he shot the he, uh, in the last game, his game, game five, he shot the ball better, knocked down some threes. And I think what's, what has helped uh, Boston Celtics get back in this series is that Grant Williams is getting less minutes. And now Derek White is, is playing more, and he is the X factor for this Boston Celtics team. Derek White has been playing very well. You and know, who, you know coming who's off the bench. suffered, Plex? It's who? Brogdon. Yeah, Brogdon, Brogdon hasn't played. He has the ball that's well not the minutes. And he's the sixth man of the year, so he yeah. hasn't really <laughs> yeah. performed up to his ability also. But Derek White – and he's getting 15, 20 points a game. I think he's going to be, you know, that X factor for the Boston Celtics moving forward. But listen, man, the Miami Heat don't do not close this game out. I don't know the the, the severity of Gabe Vincent's injury, but he's going to play tonight if he's questionable oh, because yeah. they have to close this series out, man. If they lose this series up 3-0, man, it is going to be a long offseason for the Miami Heat when they were just on the verge of sweeping this basketball team. And now you go you, you go to Boston in game five, you lose by 20, 20 plus points. And now you're on the way to Miami for game six. And I was just basically saying, to them, this, this series is over. Miami Heat are going to close these guys out. And I'm not sure that the Miami Heat can, can win this game tonight. If Jason Tatum comes out and plays the way that he played in game five, the Miami Heat are going to be in trouble. There's been so much credit given to Eric Spolstra for the job he has done as the head coach of of the coach in the NBA. And very, very, I was about to say, and very, very warranted. And we were having there were there were discussions, whispers, murmurs, whatever there would be that Missoula would be possibly facing being fired. If they got swept. And now we're having a conversation about the the Celtics roaring back to possibly be able to take the series. And the one criticism that so many people and experts were making, pundits were making about the game, was that Missoula wasn't making the adjustments that were needed and necessary during the course of those early games in the series. Maybe he should have called a timeout here and there. Maybe he should have made a different adjustment defensively. Maybe it should have been personnel moves that took place that didn't seemingly were were taking place out there. And now all of a sudden, it seems as though they've got their footing. 
they've they figured out what they need to do defensively, which is to me, you got to smother Jimmy Butler. You got you got to make sure Jimmy Butler is not the guy that beats you for for Miami. And they seemingly they they've shot better. Obviously, I do say and and looking at the coaching and and giving Missoula his his props on getting this team um, prepared as he took the rap and said he wasn't doing a great job of getting them prepared to play. I thought that was pretty dope that he jumped out there and took the bullet right. for a team because they were shooting like some oh, trash. They was calling they was calling for his head after that game three, and I don't really believe. I mean, he it has something to do with Missoula. They say he's not making the adjustments, but I, I think what hurt the Boston Celtics the most is that. Jalen Brown was like three for twenty-three in the fourth Man, quarter of games, you know, two and three. So when you have an All-Star player uh, not playing up to an All-Star caliber, uh, only having six points in, in in the last two games of a fourth quarter, I mean, listen, that will hurt any basketball team. But the fact that he he was able to rebound in Game Five and contribute to the offense, I think that's one of the things that that helped helped Boston the most and Derek White. But he has to come out and play that kind of basketball game tonight and in the game seven. He just has to be more consistent of an all-star basketball player in which he showed in the first three games. Let's make sure, though, if Missoula can take all the blame and fall on the sword, let's make sure he gets his credit now if they do come back. Because yeah. we can't just give it to the players if Missoula was going to take all the blame for them getting swept or possibly being swept. And things that like Brogdon is out with a tendon tear in his arm, that sucks for him. But that may make things easier for the coach now. He can get, like Plex spoke of earlier, Derek White will get more minutes now, and he's playing extremely well. He and, and so if he was willing to fall on the sword, hey, I ain't. We're not prepared enough. Oh, if this is my, let's make sure he gets his credit because it can't be all coach when you lose, and all player when you win. But you just can't make me believe, as a of a of a guy that has played a professional sport, and other professional sports and players, that a, a a head coach of any professional team can step up to the mic and say, "I didn't have my guys ready to play." Listen, he took the blame for it, he but from it. a from a standpoint of going out. And competing, them players was, in a was national down. in a national basketball association in a playoff series, that should never be the case. Correct. They should, they should always be ready to play. One hundred percent. But if you're it's a, a player on that team, now you got you you need to go out and actually give more effort and play harder to support a coach that jumped on the sword for you, knowing that y'all just went out there and stunk it up, and you 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 you, you made a personal decision. To know out to, to go out on the floor and not have high energy. Mm. Well, I'll I'll say this: I think it has been coaching. I think the Celtics have largely, in part, been too inconsistent to allow the blame to be placed on the head coach. Inconsistent in how they were shooting. Uh, inconsistent in the level of which the intensity, as you guys both mentioned, in their their play. Now that they seem to have figured out what the personality that they need, the approach that they need coming into these games, um, man, it just it does look like history can be made. But at the same time, 
I don't know that history can be made. I just think that it is a oh, tremendously. I just think that it is a tremendous. It sure can, and 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 chickens could fly and pigs can too. At some point, I guess it's all possible. Yeah, I mean, roosters can lay eggs. Huh? There, there you go. I, I mean, I don't know, man, but I will say this: winning four games straight, and even though we saw two sweeps just take place, we saw two sweeps just take place. I still think when you get into a seven-game series. And in the series where the team gets up 3-0 on a team, I think that is a daunting task to be able to put four games consecutively together to win it. I'm <laughs> well, not, hey, I'm they, they can put three bad ones together. Why can't they put four good ones? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's possible. just history. You know why? Because it's never been done. Ones. But yeah, eventually that's, that's, it will be done. Why know, not man. us? That's and what the Celtics are thinking. It, why not us? Yeah. And the Denver Nuggets are ready to learn who they're going to be playing in the NBA Finals. <laughs> they're ready. They, man. I will never root for the Denver Nuggets ever again. Wow. Never? That That's a strong people. word. Ever. Ever. Never? Ever. Never, oh, man, ever, put some ever. respect on them guys, man. Just because they swept your legs. I didn't, say I, I didn't say I didn't respect them. them. I just said I would never root for them ever. I don't care who they mm. play. Man. Speaking of. I'm going for them. Speaking of putting so some respect the Pittsburgh on Pittsburgh Steelers, you, you gonna, you gonna I'm going them, for the uh, Steelers. Oh, <laughs> dang. Straight up. Dang. It's so, it's so real. It's just so real out here right now. You just said you was going to root for the Steelers, TJ? Yeah. Googla, moogla. Yeah. All right. You know, I mean, that is how you got your nickname, TJ, who's your mama. You know what I mean? Like, that was Pittsburgh that gave you that nickname. Oh, man. I just didn't realize that TJ was such an intricate part of of turning uh, that game into uh, uh, its fierce rivalry that it turned into. I mean, shots uh, out Bill to TJ. Bill Cowher, Bill Cowher. I guess that was step, his getting his, getting his guys motivated. Towel. He, he disrespected the terrible towel. Man, I Dang, paid $100 it, it for that towel, the same man. method. Of- I paid $100 for that towel. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. 
This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The O2. Swing and a miss. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Ramon Laureano. And that is the ball game. Ryan Presley strikes out the side in the ninth to punctuate a 5-2 victory for the Astros in Oakland. All righty, that was the Astros' final call for the play of the day, Astros Radio Network. Yeah, welcome back to Up On Game. We're live from the Tyrac.com studios. And that was our progressive play of the day, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Bo, did we get any calls? Did anybody call? Nobody's called in. All right, we will continue this throughout our shows all the way up until training camp we are going to find someone that was associated with what took place in that elevator that fateful day where a terrible towel i mean to be from pittsburgh maybe we might not uncover this maybe somebody might they might not be willing to come forward they might not come forward on that that's kind of a pretty big deal the towel is twenty dollars so they made eighty dollar profit i'm sure they went and bought another one why wouldn't they and they was able to sell it to T.J. Hushmanzada, and they can say that was the towel that started the rivalry. If my memory serves me correctly, this incident happened in Cincinnati, right? Nah, it was in Pittsburgh. It was in Pittsburgh. We he, all sat, he sat down on the ground. got on the elevator, bro. And I was like, let me buy you a terrible towel, $20. He told right. me no. I said, I Elevator where? At the hotel? At, at the, the hotel. At, we were okay. getting ready to leave the hotel and get on the bus to go to Pittsburgh. What hotel was it? Do you remember? It was a, that older hotel, big. I don't know the name of it. The but Will, the, probably the William Penn. The William Penn, probably. The old one. And yeah. so I go There's out. I got it. I, I'm wearing it as a streamer during the game. And Marvin saw it. And he tried to – he took it from me. Like, what are you doing, TJ? I'm like, here he go. <laughs> this this pregame. So then he wasn't looking. He had it in his pocket. I ran up and took it from him. And I gave it to Hugh Jackson. So I was walking off the field, and I saw Hugh. Well, the game had just ended. We were getting ready to walk off the field. And I I saw it kind of peeking out of Hugh's back pocket. So I went up and grabbed it out of Hugh's pocket. And I was running off the field, swinging in the air like the Steeler fans do. And then something just came over me, and I got close to the uh, over me. entrance. And I was like, man, let me just shine my so, shoes with this towel. And, and I just sat did down it. and shined them. Didn't just yeah, didn't yeah, like I sat take a knee or anything yeah, like that. You yeah. sat down <laughs> yeah, and yeah, shined yeah, your shoes with the terrible towel. I did do that. We won that game, though, man. We won that game and lost in the playoffs, man. Damn. 
that's what since he was doing back then. I don't know why y'all was doing that. Like Marv was right. like Doc Doc Rivers, man. On, on we were playoff too, man. We had so much damn talent, man. We just blew that's it. crazy how much talent y'all had on that team, man. On man, on everything, it was just so many things going on, bro. Like, I mean, it was nobody doing things that we were doing outside of football, bro. I guarantee no other team was getting away with some of the things our guys was getting away with. They lucky social. If social media was out back then, our whole team would have been done minus a handful was pac-man on any of them teams nah he was i I never played with pac-man he came after i left but just things that guys were doing man that i just thought was normal and then as you get older you realize like whoa no they was getting away with this and doing that we thought it was normal because it was the only thing that we knew at that time yeah well that's true that's fair too let's pay off the tease lebron james announces his retirement are y'all are y'all buying that or or no I'm not buying it at all. I think, uh, you know, emotions were involved when he made that statement being that he had just been swept by the Denver Nuggets, a team in which TJ would never cheer for. But he's always stated that, listen, he wants to play basketball with his son. And I think that that right there will, you know, propel him to keep playing if it's another two years. That's what he has wanted to do is play with his son. But trust me. LeBron James has too much pride to walk away from basketball after just being swept in the playoff series by the Denver Nuggets. He's he's going to come back to avenge his legacy. He's still one of the best players in the world. He's not leaving. Um, Silent threat. That's what that was, a silent threat. Um, So so who was the threat to? Uh, The the threat to management. The, Rob Lowe. The, the, the okay. threat is the uh, management. Uh, what, what, what does the threat mean? Get some more players or what? What, what is yeah, the threat? Kyrie what does it mean? That's what he wants. He wants Kyrie Irving. Uh, That's a silent threat, bro. I'm telling you, it's a silent threat. I mean, I mean, you do have the you know the ear to everybody's camp, so you you do know a lot of <laughs> nah, things. That, that I don't have the ear to none of that. I just believe it's a. I mean, Kyrie Irving was at Game Four. He he's. Frequent the Laker playoff games is a silent threat. Uh, go get Kyrie. Spend this money. Who cares about uh, the D-Lo luxury trade? Tax. Trade Dulo. Let's get Kyrie. It's out of control. We got JKS coming up next. That's Jonas Knox. We appreciate y'all dialing in, man. Stay tuned. This is Fox Sports Radio up on game. Next- I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. 
Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.